When you're running a sale in Shopify, you create coupon codes, right? That's just one more thing for your customers to deal with. What if instead you could automate price changes and promotions? That's exactly what Bold's product discount app does. It's one of my longtime favorites from Bold, and if you need to run any kind of sale, this is the app to do it. You can run sales by hand-selecting products, a collection, a vendor, a product type, or even the entire store. And when you run sales, you can schedule them to start and stop at certain times. And there's an, even an option to put a live countdown timer on the products on sale. So it's perfect for daily deals. Sale ends in 4 hours, 3 minutes, 21 seconds, and counting. Imagine the urgency this can create. So one of the automation features I really like is this app's ability to put sale icons and badges on sale products, then automatically tag them when it puts them on sale, and remove the tag when they're off sale. So this lets me create a clearance or deals of the day section by making a Shopify collection where the product tag equals daily deal, and then the product automatically appears and disappears from it when it's on and off sale. And these sales pages are consistently one of the most visited pages on the stores that have them. So from power hour sales, daily deals, countdown timers, clearance corners, and more, just about every store can benefit from some kind of sale that this app can run. Before your next sale, grab it free for 60 days at ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Hello and welcome to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elser, recording from EtherCycle headquarters outside Chicago on the fifth floor of the professional building in Old Orchard Mall, yes, running an e-commerce podcast and consultancy from inside a mall. I've heard about the death of retail, but this place seems pretty packed. I don't see it happening. Uh, and along the way, you know, in my, my journey here, uh, last, I think, September or October, I spoke at A Day with Shopify, which is really cool. Um, great, really, you know, I had a ton of fun. I was speaking to um, other Shopify partners. So people like me, who have uh, either uh, you know, are Shopify experts or consultants in the e-commerce space uh, or have apps or services for Shopify. And I met a lot of people. You know, a lot of people wanted to, to introduce me to their idea or pick my brain on things. And there, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff. And because of that, you know, not, you know, two really stood out to me. 
Um, and what, and those are the ones that solve like real pains or problems that people have. And one of them was, was this neat app. Um, it said that was to improve your customer support. So as you scale your business, one of the first bottlenecks you run into is customer support requests, right? It's always going to happen no matter what you do. And as you grow, you want to alleviate that stuff. And there are things you want to get off your plate as you scale. Cause you don't, as the, as the store owner, as the entrepreneur, as the business owner, you don't want to be working in your business so much as you want to be working on your business, right? So the first thing we get rid of is, is we delegate fulfillment of stuff, right? Low value for the business owner to be picking and packing orders late in the game. Um, and then the other one is, is customer support requests. Just simple, like you get a lot of questions about products, you get questions about returns and orders, and you don't want to have to deal with it. So what do you do? How do you get... Uh, that that off your plate. How do you delegate it to someone else? Is it a is it a bot? You know, can we do this with AI or chatbots? You know, we hear a lot about chatbots. Can software do it? Can we get uh, a VA to do it? Can we have our mom do it? We've heard about that on the show before. There was there was someone who just hired their family for all their customer customer support and fulfillment. Um, so what's the right answer? Well, that was what uh, Romain Lapayel, who is the founder co-founder of Gorgeous.io talk to me about when I stood on the roof of a beautiful building in Brooklyn with him uh, and he was he was picking my ba- brain and so three years ago he founded this this service this app Sof- software as a service called gorgeous uh, with his friend Alex straight out of college uh, and initially they made a Chrome extension near and dear to my heart it helped you write emails faster oh my gosh a Chrome extension for productivity that's the kind of thing I, I eat up and then they attended this famous uh, accelerator program in New York called Techstars, super cool. And they started working on a support help desk. So it's not a sexy problem. And you know what? I love that because it means it is a real pain or problem that any business owner that scales their business is going to eventually run into this bottleneck. And at the end of the program, they raised, this is very impressive, it's hard to do, one and a half million dollars, took that cash, moved to San Francisco to focus on their growth. And now they have this cool support product uh, app for Shopify merchants that helps you manage all your support requests and, and automate a lot of it. And that's, so they know customer support inside and out. That's what we're going to talk today. Talk today about is how do you automate that, that customer support? What are the ins and outs? What are the perils of it? Um, so Romain, Roman, sorry, Roman, Roman, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Thank you. Uh, great. Thanks for, thanks a lot for having me on the show and uh, thanks for the, the fantastic intro. <laughs> And you know what? The interesting part is that was entirely off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I, very, I totally natural. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think about it in advance, but I don't write anything down. Just kind of get it out there. Um, but all right. So the number one, you know, playing devil's advocate there, customer support. Why do I care? Who gives a damn? Like, let them eat cake. Why do I care about as a, uh, as a store owner, as a merchant, why should I be interested in customer support? Um, so, so there are there are a couple of things. Uh, so when you are a merchant and uh, and you start scaling your business, then the the volume of support requests that you get increases. So you need to um, address them. And so there are a couple of ways you can go about it. So either you just uh, like hire some people and consider it as uh, like you said like as fulfillment, like something that you have to do, or you consider that uh, you have a lot of competition. And uh, brand is something that is super valuable to you. And support is a way to share uh, the brand experience with customers. So you invest a bit more in, in customer support. And so you care because customer support can be um, 
an edge over your competition and a way for customers to remember the experience they had with your store. So that's uh, okay. sort of the, the, the general story. But there is something uh, pretty interesting, uh, spe specifically last year. Um, so uh, maybe you followed the, the, the rise of Messenger as a, as a marketing channel with, uh, with bots. And, uh, and so it's also becoming a, a support channel. And so what's pretty crazy about it is that... Um, Oh, we're talking about people, uh, Facebook Messenger. Yeah, exactly, Facebook Messenger. So uh, as, a, as a way to communicate with customers. And so if you send, like, let's say, uh, uh, a marketing uh, campaign on Facebook Messenger, this is going to generate support. And so as yes. a merchant who invests, let's say, in 2018 in, uh, in marketing on Messenger, if they don't have a good support strategy, then it's going to blow up at some point. So you need to invest on it to make sure that uh, you provide a good experience to customers who respond to your marketing messages. Yeah, not that long ago, a few weeks ago, we heard from uh, Arjun of Shop Message, and that was a it used Facebook Messenger to do abandoned cart recovery. It was very clever, um, but certainly, like if you're going to initiate a conversation with a customer on Facebook Messenger about buying your product, we shouldn't be surprised if people then y place an order and use Facebook Messenger to communicate with you about that order when they have questions about it. Um, but yeah, I think you you certainly you you made the case for yeah we should care about customer support. I mean, like it's an easy question. I do. There's very few people who are going to argue that customer support is not important. Um, and one of the one of my favorite quotes was from uh, Jay Myers from Bold Apps who told me he goes, listen because I I have three apps and they're certainly not at bold scale, but the support requests uh, they add up and it becomes time consuming and you got to look for ways to to get that stuff off your plate. But he told me listen every upset customer, every negative review, all of those things are just opportunities to impress someone, to turn them into a happy customer. And he's right. You know, when you've got, if someone is upset, you know, you have to empathize, number one, but look at it as like, all right, all I have to do, I need to solve this person's problem and impress them. And then you will have a customer for life. So I think that's like the, the strong argument for why to invest in customer support. Exactly. And, and on top of it, this customer who was an angry customer and to turn into a happy customer is going to refer five friends. And so he's going to put a great review. And then like when uh, the first, first time visitors of your website see this review, like they are going to be more convinced to buy. So it's actually something pretty important to grow revenue. Yes. I think lead, like if you have a review that leads with uh, like a five star review that leads with, I was, you know, at first I was upset. Those are the really powerful ones, right? Because oftentimes, if I'm reading the reviews, it's because I'm on the fence about buying this product. I have an objection. And if I see a review that I could sympathize with, where it's like, or empathize with, where it says, oh, I had this concern, but then, and then they say, you know, say their story, ah, now in my head, it kind of, it busts that objection. So I think it, it is very valuable to have those experiences shared um, on your website, especially in reviews. Um, all right. So with customer support requests, what are the common, what, what are the top issues, uh, topics, questions that are coming through um, as support requests? Um, so if I'm a merchant, what are the things I'm, I'm going to run into? It's, uh, it's always the same for one merchant to another. So it's, it's easy to tell. So it's like a delivery question, like, where is my order? Why is my order not moving on uh, the UPS tracking link that I have? Uh, how can you do a return? How can I apply this coupon code after the purchase? Uh, things like that. Okay. So because with e-commerce, regardless of who you are, there is a core set of common questions 
this really actually makes this is a good thing. This makes it very much easier to um, deal with these questions because we know, like, all right, we've got these core set of say five questions that will keep popping up just by virtue of you being a bit in a business where you mail things to people after you know they they went clickety clack on the keyboard and gave you their credit card, right? Um, so how do we? And when I see things like that, where it's like, oh, there are these common recurring issues. Now, right away in my head, I go, this is ripe for automation. This is good. There's productivity hacks that could be implemented here. So how, what are the practical ways? How are merchants automating customer service? Um, so th there is what merchants are doing right now. And there is like, where are we going to? Uh, so what merchants are doing right now is they hire some VAs to use some, uh, some macros to respond to these questions. And so they always have this backlog of like 100 or 200 questions. And so as a result, when you, you oh, ask cheap. a very common question, yeah, yeah it, it sucks, but that's, that's the way it is. So uh, when you have those 200 questions backlog, you take like maybe three, four hours to get back to the customer. Uh, and so what's interesting is that the speed of the response impacts directly the satisfaction of the customer, which means if you can respond instantly, you increase the satisfaction of the customer by a lot. So the way you can go about uh, uh, responding to these questions is to, uh, is to use automation. Um, so you need to, one, detect what the question is about, and two, uh, find the answer. Okay, well, all right. Uh, how do we do that? Um, so <laughs> there, are, there are a couple <laughs> of ways to, to go about it. Uh, so there were a lot of promises uh, back in 2015 uh, on bots and, uh, and AI. And, right. Uh, and it, oh, it's, geez, not even 2015. I felt like uh, 2016 was when we were like, bots were going to change the future. And then even into the beginning of 2017, I was still like, bots, bots, bots. And then nothing happened. Like many chat is out there. We've got some abandoned cart recovery on Facebook and that's it. That is as far as we got. Yeah, exactly. So actually like it, it, what happened last year is like bots sort of under delivered. And so I, like everybody was like, okay, like it was just high, but uh, nothing's happening. Um, but what's, what's interesting is that if you look at um, companies who invested in them and took a lot of time to uh, experiment and, uh, and uh, like get started with just like maybe a, a couple of questions, you can actually be successful with automation. Um, and so the challenge is um, it takes a, a bit of time for the technology to become mature, but now it's, it's starting to be the case. Um, so yeah, so how can we respond to, uh, to these questions with automation? One is to uh, train some machine learning to detect those five top questions, or where's my order, how can I do a return? And so this technology is getting there. Um, and then the second thing is, uh, if a customer asks you where are their packages, uh, you don't want the automated response to say, hey, uh, thanks for sending us a message on Messenger. Uh, so what you need to do is go to our website, find the tracking section, click there, now go in your email, find your order number, put it. So you don't want to do that. Um, okay, so well, actually, cool. so I'll ask the question, why don't I want to do that? Because if I'm the merchant, that saves... I don't got to hire someone to may answer that. I can automate it and it gets it off my, I don't have to deal with it. Why don't I want to do that? Uh, you don't want to tell the customer to do some things. You just want to provide them with a response. All so right. it's so not the, the customer has reached out to us with what is realistically a very simple question. Where's my stuff? And we don't want to give them homework. Exactly. Okay. So, so what you do is that you do the homework. Uh, and what doing the homework means is you connect your, uh, let's say, ship station to your Shopify, to your support system. And so then your support system hmm. knows uh, what the tracking number is, if not the delivery status of the order. And then it can automatically respond with it. 
So the customer who's in the subway on Messenger clicking on this link just has the response right away. Oh, that's cool. All right. So, all right. I order something from someone. So I ordered a t-shirt from zerofoxtrot.com. And the first thing that like totally impressed me was I used Apple Pay. This is the first time I've used Apple Pay in the wild. It was like a Saturday. I had a couple glasses of champagne. It's really cool. But that's that's a rabbit hole. And then I get my um, automated email that shows up in my inbox that's like, all right, here's your tracking. Uh, your order is shipped. But let's say it is not uncommon for transactional messages like that to be errantly sent to spam. Or maybe I just didn't see it because I get a ton of email and I'm not good about clearing through my inbox. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to search through my inbox. The easiest thing for me to do is just, especially if I've already gotten one of these like automated abandoned cart messages, uh, is to message them on Facebook Messenger. Maybe I'm like chatting with a friend and I see like I had this message sitting there from them. So I just go, oh yeah, what happened to that thing I ordered? So I, I send, where's my order, right? And at this point, a bot sees this, recognizes my name, looks up the order, and then comes back with my most recent order info? Yep, exactly. That's amazing. <laughs> That's, and so this, this works on Facebook Messenger. Does this work on other channels? Um, so that's kind of the trade-off between having a, a Facebook Messenger bot and uh, having the automation inside your help desk like uh, our company Gorgeous does. Uh, so if you have a bot on Messenger, then it works only on, on Messenger, but you can implement maybe another bot on, uh, on, your, on your chat, on your website. It's a bit more complex because you have two bots in parallel. Uh, but the thing is, if you do it in your help desk, then you can say, okay, any question, whether it's email, uh, Messenger, SMS, which is about delivery status, can get this automated response, uh, provided that we matched the customer with uh, the Shopify record. Okay, that's cool. And so this is what, uh, you're, feel free to plug your app. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about it, you know, don't, don't be shy. Uh, <laughs> it will plug, like, uh, gorgeous, spelled G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot I-O, ding, ding. There we go, we plugged it. Um, <laughs> or search it in uh, the Shopify app store, I assume. Uh, okay, so this app, can do this. It can, uh, someone can reach out over a series of channels over like email, chat, Facebook. Um, and it's going to reply with this. It's going to do it automated. Exactly. So we do two things. One is, oh my gosh. yeah, <laughs> very complex. Cool. App. Uh, so one is we, uh, the first thing is we associate, uh, the, the, the person who reaches out with a Shopify customer. So it's either based on the order number or if they are logged in on the website or if they subscribe to uh, your page on Facebook and therefore are getting a message on Messenger. Uh, so, so we reconcile basically the identity of the user between this message and the orders. And once you have that, then you can automatically respond to, uh, to messages. Um, now, what happens if I am silly and I have my Facebook like my name and email are different. Or let's say I'm, I'm reaching out on behalf of my wife. My wife placed an order for me. She often does. Um, I'll be like, hey, can you order? Go get this thing for me. And it keeps me from like screwing around and spending more money, right? I just, just delegate it to her. And then I want to know, wait, what happened to my thing? I reach out. And like, obviously this is an edge case. This is not going to be a yep. majority of yeah, sure. things. How so, does it, it, it can't look me up. How does it gracefully fail? Uh, so... Um, we only, uh, so basically it's, the automation is like a, an if this, then that kind of thing. So it's like, if we get a message about where is my order and if there is an order associated to it, automatically respond. Okay. If not, uh, if Kurt is, uh, reaching out on the behalf of his wife, then, uh, just don't automatically respond and hand it over to an agent. Ah, so we are now, this is no longer an either or thing. It's not automate it 
or have a hire a VA or, you know, a human to do this. Uh, you know, we can either have computers respond to it or meat puppets respond to it, right? Like what, uh, I can't believe I slipped meat puppet into a podcast for the first time. Cool. Um, you are now mixing those two. So we've got, and it, like, a, you know, yeah, I'm talking over you a little bit, but I've got, I'm excited about this. So I love automation, but this is very clever in that it's the first line of defense is automation here where it's like, yeah, it's going to reply to people instantly and handle a majority of these requests or it's going to work. And then when you have these edge cases or more complex requests, then it's going to automatically knock those up to the support agent, which means hiring far fewer support agents, being able to scale more effectively while providing better support for people, um, which is fantastic. You know, especially like for drop shippers, they don't have the huge margins you know, where they can, uh, you know, it's, it's much harder for them to, to invest in things like this. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like dropshippers are specifically in this, uh, in this situation. And so, uh, and so basically like the role of the help desk is to help them, uh, like you said, like be the first time of, of defense uh, with the automation. And two is uh, since the, the, the margins are so thin, they need to maximize the, uh, the efficiency of the, the agents. And so that's basically... Uh, the, the second thing that Gorgeous does is that when you have this message from you on behalf of your wife, what we do is that we suggest um, that it's uh, that you are reaching on behalf of your wife because we find the order number that you mentioned. You say, hey, my wife ordered order XYZ. And then we find this number in Shopify. So we can tell the agent, hey, look, like this customer is asking about an order that is not his. But you can see on the right that there is some information, uh, like the tracking number that you can use to respond. Okay. That's cool. Uh, I'm going through your website now, and I'm going going off script here. I saw that it integrates with phone. How does it? I told, I'm just I'm curious. How does that work? Uh, sure. So basically, um, the cool thing about Shopify is that it's a it's a system of record that contains uh, phone numbers. So when when you check out, typically you, you may leave your phone number. And so the help uh-huh. desk, if it, like for instance with Gorgeous, we download all the the data from Shopify, and then like when there is a new phone ticket. What we do is that we take the phone number, we match it with Shopify, and we say, okay, oh, this phone number is, uh, is actually this customer. Um, and so what's pretty cool about this is that, say, uh, you go to a website today, um, and uh, like you, you call the website for, for some information. And then two days after, you go chatting with them. Now we, we have like all the conversations that you had with the business. So the agent sees that two days ago you called, and now they see that they're on chat with you. So instead of having to repeat yourself, everything is in one place and the agent can just address your question. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I hate when you call up, you call the place up and they're like, hey, happy to help. And it's not their fault. You know, they just don't have, they don't have tools like this. They're like, all right, uh, let's look up your account. What's your account number? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. All right, well, uh, what phone number did you use to sign up? Uh, maybe this one, like, it's just a whole thing. Whereas this, auto, again, automates it. So when they answer, um, you know, I, they're like, hey, how can I help? They, I say, well, I'm, you know, my name's Kurt Elster. I'm looking for my order. And they say, okay, Kurt, I've got your account in front of me. Is it, you know, the order for X you placed on this day? I go, yeah. Like, oh, here's the tracking. Uh, I would be so impressed by that. Yep. So that's, uh, that's basically what's, uh, what's coming. Like, so that's why we're building Gorgeous 4. So it's, uh, it's really exciting to see that it can change the experience. That's super cool. Uh, okay. And then I noted, I saw, so you, this app integrates obviously with Shopify and it's pulling in this, uh, all the, the customer and order info, which is cool, you know, to do this automation. Scrolling through, I see it integrates, it looks like a bit of a CRM. It integrate, it pulls data 
from uh, other apps like ShipStation. I, okay, obviously, we're using AirCall to handle that phone support stuff. Uh, we got Loyalty Lion. Um, it'll post to Slack with notifications. Love Slack, which is great, especially in a remote team, which are so common now. Um, recharge for subscriptions. So, like with you know, as Shopify stores grow, oftentimes there's a lot of apps, there's a lot of other moving pieces, and it looks like you're you're putting that stuff together. So, at a glance, not only am I seeing the order data, I can see all this other stuff about the person, about their order, about their behavior on the site, and be able to reference that all in one place. Yep, and that's when it becomes even cooler, because uh, so for instance, like uh, say you have a loyalty program. Uh, yes. So be ashamed not to boost your loyalty program with support, right? Um, so what you want to do is, for instance, to include the unique uh, referral link that each customer has in every of your uh, customer support responses. So every time I, I ask a question, then I have the link to refer my friends. And so if, like, uh, say, 5% of your customers who contact support do it, then you end up like with more referrals. Cool. All right, so I am a huge advocate of automation in general. I love it. I got all kinds of automation stuff in my house. Thank God my wife is into it. Like Nest cameras are all, you know, I think we've, we're up to like five or six Nest cameras and the thermostat and all, and I can talk to Alexa and turn my lights on and off and all this cool stuff. When it works, it's awesome. But occasionally, occasionally there are issues. And in my business, um, you know, I use a lot of automation tools. Uh, I've got like Zapier, If This Then That, Meet Edgar and Native Integrations. That's just for social media. And it's, most of the time it works, it's awesome, saves a ton of time. But occasionally it does some silly things that get missed. Like I had Meet Edgar uh, post, a, uh, post a link the other day to Twitter and it said, hey, here's the hottest e-commerce, the eight hot e-commerce trends to watch in 2015. Here's the problem. That was three years ago, right? And if someone even like quote tweeted, it was like super relevant. I'm like, all right, you got me. <laughs> all right, so I deleted it and pulled the link out so that it never happens again. But like, and that's not a big deal. But automation, you know, isn't going to make as many mistakes as humans, but it is still reliant on humans for the initial info. It's mistakes will happen. So where's the line? Where is the limit? Should everybody be automating all of their support? Like, how do I draw that line? Um, so, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit risky. Like, when you start using automation, you're like, okay, well, that's fantastic. I want to use it at no cost and, uh, and, uh, and just, like, keep only, let's say, 10 or 20% of my tickets for, for my agents. And so automation is just, it's not like a magical thing that you have in your stack and then it works. It's more something that you need to, uh, to control, monitor, to make sure it provides a good experience for the customers. Um, so what it translates to um, in terms of support is if you have, let's say, the, the automation we talked about, which was like automated responses to, uh, to delivery status uh, questions, what you would do for that is like, like, let's say every week you would like check 50 automated responses and make sure everything is okay. Um, and so the cool thing about that is that you're going to refine your automation over time and uh, improve it so that uh, the, the false positive rate is, uh, is lower and lower. Um, so basically, you need to think of automation uh, in support as you would think of it in, uh, let's say, marketing automation. You constantly refine your, your MailChimp or your Klaviyo campaigns because you, you want to improve them. So do the same right. with your support yes. automation. We want to, yeah, uh, through a process of of uh, progressive iteration, we're able to improve and revise our business. There are no overnight successes. It is, let's try this thing. Did it work? Yes. Okay. How can we improve it? Where is it Where is it weak or where can we double down? And you keep moving through that, that iterative process with everything you do in your business. And as, um, 
So with automation, what are some of the, like to do that, I really, I need data and everyone is overwhelmed with stuff. So they love data-driven decisions, takes some of the emotion out of it, makes it very rational. How, what kind of uh, uh, KPIs, key performance indicators, metrics, data points should I be looking at with my automation? When like we're saying, yeah, you got to set it up, but then don't, don't set it and forget it, revise it. How do we do that? What are we looking at? Um, so what you want to look at is um, uh, resolution time and uh, one-touch resolution. So resolution time is the time that it takes for uh, a customer to see the problem fixed. And, uh, and one-touch resolution means uh, what's the percentage of uh, requests that are fixed with just one response. And so if you have, a, let's say, a, so this, this first layer of defense, which is your, your automation, um, let's say you want to have 50% of your requests responded to by the bot. Uh, so in this case, uh, you want to keep track, like your, your one-touch uh, ratio should be f- about 50% because you want the bot to be efficient in 50% of the cases. Does that make sense? I want to know some of the like the nitty-gritty on actually implementing it. Like I'm certainly sold on the idea. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and this definitely, it sounds unique and impressive. And previously, like if you were to do something like this, you'd really be cobbling a whole bunch of different tools together to make it work. Um, and that's where like those... N- you know, things triggering, like, things, you know, it's like Zapier and all these different tools stuck together um, is where you, you get yourself into a bit of trouble or where things can break. So I like um, I like integrating all our, our customer support, everything, including automation, into one place. I think that, that solves a lot of the issues with automation right up front. Um, what are the, before we dive into, like, actually implementing it, uh, what are the results? So you've got and this was one of the things you presented me with, you know, when we talked in Brooklyn, was you knew, um, you know, all the, these interesting stats by looking at uh, support ticketing and automation uh, as a whole, as this like holistic thing. What can you talk to me some uh, about some of the results, some of the successes here? Sure. Um, so basically, um, if you are a Shopify merchant that sells B two C products, uh, I'm willing to bet like your automation can automate between thirty. And, uh, and 60% of your, your support responses. Because those uh, 30 to 60% are the top five questions that we mentioned. So you have an opportunity here to, uh, to provide instant responses to, to these questions. So that's probably the result that we can see. Like some merchants go around 50%, I would say that's the, that's the mean. Okay, and um, what uh, you had talked about uh, resolution time as like our, our, our key performance indicator. Give me a benchmark, What's a, what should I shoot for? Um, so it, it's, uh, it's, it's super, super interesting to look at how our business uh, on Shopify approaches resolution time. Because, so we've seen uh, a lot of our customers at Gorgias transitioned from, uh, let's say, like taking one or two days to, to respond to customers and considering basically customer support as a, as a cost center. So they were just like, okay, I need to pay for my customer support because it needs to be decent, but that's it. And so at some point they realized that uh, actually like if somebody talks to support, chances that the reorder is like 4x higher. So they're like, okay, well, I should invest in my support. And so it, it, can, it can range quite a lot. So from those two days to, let's say, you want to staff a bit more than what you need to provide instant responses to your customers and take it like from two days to, let's say, 10 minutes, for instance. So that's, that's how crazy it can be. And ideally, if you can, you want to aim for the 10-minute response uh, time because uh, then customers remember your brand. They know, like, if they have the problem, it's going to be fixed in 10 minutes. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And in our, like, yeah, I mean, if you have an, an issue and you've reached out, 
most people want that issue resolved now. You know, and we've got, um, especially if they've already paid you, right? So we've got um, three apps. And when someone has an issue, like we, we need to, to resolve it within one business day and we shoot for ideally like within, within a couple hours. But being able to do it immediately, like within that, that either instantaneously or 10 minutes, super cool. Um, really a very positive experience. And the important um, thing is you're going yeah. to remember it. And so you're going to tell your friends, hey, I ordered from this brand and they fixed it in 10 minutes because it's, it's unexpected. So you're like, okay, I need to share it. And what are the, you know, I think the, the only pushback, because um, I've been preaching automation, marketing, the, the virtues of marketing automation since uh, I think like 2015 was my first speaking gig. And I talked about marketing automation at Double Your Freelancing Conference. And the pushback, the common pushback on automation is like, is, you know, that, that Comcast, I call my cable company and they're like, press one for, or say one if you want. And it's like, I got to listen to this whole menu. And then it's basically, um, you know, just this, this not fantastic experience of uh, going through like this nested logic tree. Um, it's not, not super fun. And I think that's, that's people's pushback on automation. What do you, what's your, your response to that? Um, I think it comes down to, to your first point on uh, homework, basically. You don't want to give your, your customers homework of uh, going through four menus and then being transferred to somebody who's going to transfer you to somebody else. And then they're going to ask me the same question twice. That's the worst. I get to no, the first no, person. No, 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 like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I think it's up to, uh, to both software provider uh, in support, so people like us, basically, to, to do the homework of basically uh, connecting the pipes together and uh, of the support team to make it easy for, for customers to contact support. Because uh, the, the, there are many good reasons to, uh, to make it easy for, for customers to contact support. Uh, specifically right now, like um, I think uh, it's about one third of uh, merchants on Shopify that use conversation as a way to drive sales. So you, you need to make it easy for people to start conversations because you need to make it easy for people to buy. Yes, no, absolutely. Okay. Uh- so I, I'm, I'm sold on it. I love it. I want to get to it. I want to have, but for me to implement it as a merchant, I have to do my homework first, right? How do I do it? What is step one here? If I want to get, if I want to start automating my, my customer service. Um, so um, there, are, there are a bunch of options on the, on the table. So I'm going to tell you about the, the one I'm, I'm most familiar with, which is uh, merchants doing it on Gorgeous. Uh, so, so basically it's, it's not very complicated. Uh, so the first thing you need to do is to uh, to plug uh, like Shopify, ShipStation, all the things that contain uh, cost, uh, delivery data or customer data to your support software. And so, what, what's the minimum? Is, Can I get away with like, like let's say Shopify. I'm you because I could use Shopify purely for like I could I could be a purist and use Shopify for everything. Have it be the hub of my my e-commerce experience and that many ways is how it's designed where like you don't necessarily need something like ShipStation. Um, though it, it is nice software for sure. Uh, is, do I have to have that or can I get away with just Shopify plus uh, gorgeous or like support software of my choice? Uh, you can get away with it. Yeah, okay. If all the data lies in Shopify, like if the tracking numbers and the delivery status are in Shopify, then you're good. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's step one. Step two would be to, uh, so basically uh, on our side at Gorgeous, we have some, uh, some default automation for the, the five questions that, uh, that we have. Uh, so like uh, delivery, returns, uh, uh, apply a coupon, things like that. 
And so what we typically do is that we, uh, we start, let's say, for a few days and uh, we add tags to conversations. Uh, and so basically, like if somebody says, hey, can I apply a, a coupon to my, uh, to my order? Uh, it didn't work. Um, so we would add the coupon tag. And so like after three days or four days, you can check all your tickets, see how the automation starting adding the tags and make sure it's right. Like, okay, so this tickets, which has the coupon tag, would have been responded with, hey, sure, I applied this discount to your order. Um, so you want to make sure basically the, the machine is working fine before it responds to customers. Oh, okay. So it, well, so I'd set it up. Well, can it do like draft messages where it's like, I think once I've defined the uh, the, que- the the question and answer, does it like it as draft, like in Clavio, when we want to test automations, it can, we can set it up where it's like, it'll, create the email but it puts it in draft and then i can review it and send it just to make sure it works before i set it to just go live and just work on its own uh so that's a, that's an improvement we're gonna do next month so you're all right sorry <laughs> thanks for setting my roadmap <laughs> okay uh, yeah so the drafting's coming uh but typically but what i could do instead of, so well it's here help me understand this i don't get it how do i define for it what the question is uh so, so it's 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 our job basically so on our side we would have like uh uh, a set of let's say ten categories, and we will tell you like, hey, uh, here are some sentences that people say when they talk about this category, uh, and, and we have like, uh, so, so we did uh, the homework on our side and like talk to uh, to dozens of merchants and, and have this list. Uh, and so- okay, so I have like a, so that you're doing um, like sentiment analysis or like machine learning language on the back end, yeah, exactly. and on the front end, it gives me you just have some default categories based on this experience that I could choose from. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and so the step one, which is like tagging, is about making sure the categories are working fine with your customers. Uh, again, like it's like three, 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 four days, pretty straightforward, just a, a check to make sure things are fine. Um, and then uh, once this is working fine, what you want to do is come up with the, the responses that you want to provide to your customers. Um, and so again, like we have some defaults, but we recommend making them like as branded as you can. So for instance, say you are like a, um, I don't like uh, you sell some uh, some color for for hair products. What you want to do is like to to mention your product or have your brand tone inside the the response so that it doesn't look like the, the random where is my order uh, uh, response. And once you have those responses defined, then wh- what you can do is just turn it on and uh, and keep monitoring like uh, every every week. You basically like check what's going on. A bit like what we were discussing before is uh, like basically keep an eye on it and refine it over time to make sure things are working fine. And then. Uh, does it come with uh, like sample templates, or do I have to add those? Uh, so, so we have some some predefined templates, but uh, what we want is that you edit them and make them basically yours with the brand tone, uh, maybe with the time of the year, like thanks for emailing in after the holiday season, for instance. Because um, at the end of the day, uh, your business competes with uh, like pretty lots of like some other merchants on Shopify, marketplaces, Amazon. So, what you want to do is to differentiate and um, brand. Uh, is a key differentiator. So you want to use your brand inside your automation and inside your support uh, for people to remember you. Uh, and how does it do that? Uh, how do we like what kind of personalization are we adding here? Uh, so, for instance, there is a, a company called Barkbox that's a subscription for dog toys, and uh, they have uh, tons of gifts uh, on uh, like different kind of problems people can have. And so it's just like you. You email them, you get your response, and you get a fun GIF about what, like, the problem that you had. And so it's just oh, like, cool. oh, nice. Yeah, like, GIFs are, are a wildly underutilized customer service tool. I say <laughs> that with all sincerity. 
<laughs> That's absolutely true. All right. Sure. I love it. I have learned a, a ton here. I'm sold on it. But we are, we've been at this a while. We're coming to the end of our time together. Do you have any closing thoughts? You know, um, if there's a piece of misinformation that's like common about marketing automation or customer support or Shopify that you'd like to correct, or maybe, um, you know, one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do. This is, this uh, is your opportunity. Here's your platform. <laughs> uh, so, so, so my closing thought would be, um, I've seen uh, like hundreds of stores uh, as customers and those who are doing the best are actually those who invest pretty heavily on, on customer support as a way to, uh, to, to basically keep providing uh, the, the brand experience. So I would, I would recommend quite a lot to, uh, to spend some time on uh, having a brand tone of customer support, doing proactive support, try to be personalized because when you have your, uh, it's good to have automation, but when your agents are responding, you don't want to make them do robot work. You want to, help them like provide a personalized experience. So I, my recommendation would be use support as a weapon to drive sales and not consider it as a cost center for your business. Fair. I love it. Yeah. Cause once, I mean, if they have a bad experience, number one, you're going to immediately, you lose them. They're not going to be a customer again. Two, people like to complain. I mean, if you have someone who has a bad experience is much more likely to talk about it and have a review than someone who had a great experience. So like that's, Bad, I mean, customer support can be a liability or an asset. And some, you know, this is not a difficult or tough thing to do. And the worst part is the bar for good customer service is so low. I mean, get back, it literally is get back to someone in a timely fashion. That's it. If you can do that, you will, you fundamentally, you have very good to great customer service, right? And if you want to move it to like great or extraordinary, simply having the personalization um, and and making it fun is all it takes. I mean, like it, it should not be hard or intimidating. Um, okay, so with Gorgeous, you let's let's negotiate here. What's it cost? Uh, so we have different tiers based on the the support volume that you have. So it's like we have like sixty dollars per month, two hundred, five hundred for bigger stores. Okay. Let's let's do some negotiating here for our listeners. Can we get can we get a, a discount? Uh, yeah, sure. Like uh, so, what we can do is maybe like extend. Like our trial is pretty short, so it's like uh, uh, seven days. So we can extend it to a month, so you can play with it or have the first month free. Cool. And you've got you got a link for me in the show notes, or I use a coupon code. How do I how do I redeem that? Uh, so just reach out to to our support. We we try, as a support company, we try to uh, to respond pretty fast. So I just mentioned you can from oh. starts, and uh, and that would be a way for us to to connect. So I should uh, I should add it to my store, sign up for it, and then um, in the app I've got uh, what like a a chat a live chat widget a chat widget. All right, and then tell them, hey, I heard this on the the unofficial Shopify podcast. Hook it up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last question. For we have a lot of uh, Shopify partners who listen to this show. What uh, what was that experience like bringing an app to uh, to Shopify? Like clearly, you chose to niche down on Shopify, which I love. Um, what was what was that like? Any any thoughts there? Uh, so our experience is actually uh, pretty uh, pretty unique. Uh, so because we we decided to to launch on Shopify uh, almost a year ago. Um, and uh, at Unite, I met with uh, the Shopify Plus team, and they were they were telling me about this this project that they had of uh, having like a tele- technology partnership for for Shopify Plus, and uh, and so we were like a pretty young startup in the space. Um, 
And so the App Store is getting us some uh, some traction, but uh, it was fantastic to uh, to connect with the Shopify Plus team and be referenced as their their partner for uh, for Shopify uh, customer support on, on Plus, and this has been tremendously helpful. Um, so yeah, like uh, my recommendation is that if you are an app developer on Shopify, like definitely connect with the team, try to to get to know them because they they know the the ins and outs of the the ecosystem and they can make recommendation on how to to develop your business on Shopify. And uh, this is proving pretty helpful. Very cool. Okay, final question. Where could people go to learn more about you? Um, so my email is roman. So uh, it's r-o-m-a-i-n at gorgeous.io. So feel free to reach out to me directly. Otherwise, you can just go to the website and chat with us. Uh, again, like uh, uh, for us, it's key to, uh, to chat with our customers, connect with all of them. We're building a, a new kind of product. And so we want to learn as much as we can from them. So uh, we'd love to connect with you. Roman, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Kurt. Before we go, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Zapiet who helped make this episode possible. Have you ever wanted to offer local pickup in your store? Or how about scheduled local deliveries? Zapiet's easy-to-use app helps thousands of merchants do just that, offer store pickup and delivery to their Shopify customers right in their store. They've just launched a massive update that adds a ton of new features. To learn more about it and start your 14-day free trial and get 10% off if you stick with it, head to zapiet.com slash podcast. That's Z-A-P-I-E-T dot com slash podcast. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.